fight We don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 99, and I'm very excited for the guest to have sitting across from me. She's a multi-talented individual who can dance, act, sing, and so much more. But before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube and you would prefer an audio-only version of this, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're hearing me on one of those platforms right now, though, and you didn't realize that there's a visual side to this show, you can come check it out here on YouTube. If you do do that, I would really, really appreciate it if you would hit the subscribe button. You do not have to, but it would help me a lot to keep growing this channel, and I love connecting with new people. So if you're just stopping by for the first time or you've been a supporter for a long time, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. If you want to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or some general feedback about this program, you can hit me up on social media or send me an email at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Normally, this is where I would say, let me know if you want one of these holofoil stickers, but we're at an odd juncture in that we're recording this before we do the live 100th show, but this won't actually go up on YouTube until after the 100th show. So I'm not sure if I'm going to have any more of these left. Either way, email me and I'll send you something. <laughs> now back to the guest. Very excited to have her here. As I said, right off the top, very, very skilled in many disciplines. But I'm also super happy to learn about all these things I didn't know she could do, like improv, dancing, as I said, making her own clothing. Uh, she's just a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And I'm so happy to have her here. Thank you so much to Glennis Marshall. Oh, I am so jazzed to be here. Well, I feel like this has been in the works for a while. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think, yeah, just kind of life gets in the way and... The pandemic gets in the, the way. The pandemic gets in the <laughs> way. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, really, I'm really stoked to be here. This is, uh, this is awesome. Oh, one thing I wanted to say in the intro that I totally spaced on was that you also started a new variety show, yeah. which is something we definitely I want to get into right off the bat because <laughs> it's, it's like called Small Fish. Right now, yeah. Well, no, but it's also super impressive because as, as I understand it, every installment has been selling out, which is not an easy task as someone who's currently trying to sell tickets for his own thing. <laughs> Give me some pointers. <laughs> we're just we're really honored by the by the fan base that we have. It, they are just very very loyal. <laughs> it's it's something that we like never ever expected for our show, but we're just like really really humbled and grateful for it it's at irene's in the glebe yeah it's a beautiful venue we love irene's beautiful big stage the staff is amazing um a lot of people know it because they do a very famous trivia night they do lots of music nights um it's been there out. a long time it's, too it's so yeah. so yeah it's it's a it's an iconic part of ottawa so um and now you're an irene's. iconic drink <laughs> right they made drinks after you and your co-producer we, I we asked for those <laughs> oh, okay okay it was at your request still yes. pretty cool yes we asked for the signature Goldfish. Lettuce is goldfish and Maggie's Mermaid. We asked for them to be made for our uh, season finale, uh, our Small Fish Gala, which was uh, this past Wednesday. So how many shows have you done? Five. Five. Okay. Yeah, is it once a month? Yeah. Last okay. Wednesday of every month. Cool. Yeah. And how did this sort of come to be? I'd like to know how you and your co-producer thought of the idea. You're trying to represent like marginalized groups and give yeah. stage time to people that are maybe less represented. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the main the main mandate. It's it's uh, entertainment. It's activism. Um, it's modeled after uh, a show that uh, my friend Katie puts on in St. John's, Newfoundland, which is where I first saw this this format, this concept, uh, which was it's a non-swam lineup. So there's no straight white able men. Mm, allowed to be to be booked on the lineup. <laughs> Obviously, they can come. And we have lots of audience participation things. So we've we've had them on the stage. And let's know? be honest, swams. We 
you've got lots of stage time <laughs> elsewhere. That's the whole point. That's, like, that's the idea. Yeah. And yeah. so um, I, I saw that format. I was like, wow, this seems to draw uh, a crowd who knows that not only are they going to get a good show, but it's like guaranteed to be, you know, a, a safer space and, and people mm. who are showing up are, you know, from similar communities open-minded yeah and so people yeah. want to keep coming back because they keep you know making friends and That's connecting great. across communities because i mean ottawa gets really small as soon as um you know you start you start reaching out and uh, this show is a really good way to kind of expedite that process and have them all, all gather in in one place the the queer theater <laughs> Well, it's also like a mishmash as yeah. far as content, right? Oh, totally. Like yes. Burlesque and yeah, uh, comedy, th- obviously. Oh, my gosh. We've had uh, so many wonderful. We had a fiddler uh, for the oh, gala. Cool. Um, we've had uh, contemporary dancers, uh, drag artists, burlesque. Um, we wanted to uh, make sure that we were putting the variety <laughs> in uh, if we were going to do a variety show because we were both from the comedy scene, um, but we just have so many friends who are so talented who we see aren't getting uh, enough stage time and, and more people should know who they are and what they can do. And um, so we were like, let's just, no matter what it is, if it's entertaining and if it's, um, you know, <laughs> if it's within those confines. Yeah, no, that's awesome though, that it's <laughs> then, so broad. Uh, then, you know, we're, we're going to have them on. It's been, it's been really, really fabulous. Um, and I, I actually, when I was uh, 17, I ran a variety show, um, kind of like it at Cafe Nostalgica okay. um, down by uh, the university. And it's, it's a really cool um, kind of like time jump from like the first variety show that I ran, uh, which, which had much of the same, um, uh, concept and the same life. Yeah. The of, same, yeah. yeah. The same format and everything. And then jumping to here, we're just like a much more like refined, um, version with like a lot of like a really good team behind me. And it's just like, I think 17 year old Glennis would be really like, you're doing <laughs> really the grown up version now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I've been wanting to, every time I saw one of the shows was coming up, I felt like I'd see it and then it was sold out before I could even grab a <laughs> ticket. So, but I, I'm very interested in the eclectic mix of, of performers you have. It sounds really totally. cool. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm, well your, your first question, it came to be my, um, so my co-producer and I, who's now, uh, you know, one of my best friends in the world. Um, it was a week into meeting and we, I had just seen her do um, a, like a small standup set as part of the uh, Fresh Meat Festival, which happens at Arts Court, okay. uh, which was, um, it's like showcasing experimental new theater from, from youth in Ottawa. And it's really, really cool. Um, but I saw her do the standup. I was like, you're really funny. <laughs> Please be my friend slash get into business. With me. <laughs> I just like, I saw this, like this beacon of, of hope in her. Her name is Maggie Harder and she's, she's uh, uh, real, she's a real genius. I always ask her that, like how her neck is doing from supporting her giant brain all the time. Well, she clearly feels similarly about you. Yeah, yeah I think we have a, a big mutual respect. That's um, awesome. Kindred we, spirits. Yeah, exactly. We were at the experimental farm uh, visiting um, my other best friend and, and Maggie's girlfriend, Megan, because she works at the experimental farm. And um, we were just talking about what we'd like to see in terms of uh, performance spaces in Ottawa and entertainment in Ottawa. And um, we just kind of agreed that this kind of show was something that we were really passionate about doing. And from then on, we just like hit the round running. We were like, let's do a bar crawl to find spa- uh, venue spaces. Let's, you know, start reaching that out. must to have been a fun movie. process. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously, it was, it was really cool. We had never done, um, I, I, none of us had either had, um, a comedy partner like this before, before, um, or somebody who was like really, really passionate about this project before. So we were just really excited to bounce ideas off each other and like do our little photo shoot and decide our branding and everything. It was a really fun process. 
It was like when you when you get a new house. It. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's it's like when you get a new house and you're looking around and you're like seeing all the potential and be like, okay, the couch is going to go there and my art is going to go there. Envisioning everything. And yeah, and the microwave can go under there. <laughs> and you're like, just uh, it's like the most fun part of uh, of moving into a new space is just getting to decide how it's going to look like top to tail. And that was really really fun. And when are you planning to come back for the uh, next We're planning to come season? back in September. Okay, take the summer to chill. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, both Maggie and I are in fringe shows uh, that are touring okay. right now. So Maggie's in the uh, Always Because, The Adventures of Maggie and Megan. That's going to Edmonton and Winnipeg. And I'm going to Guelph in August. To do? Uh, for uh, my show called Nui, which is, is a dance, dance thing, theater. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah. I've got that on here as well. I was curious <laughs> about that. There's so much to talk about with you, like going through your <laughs> stuff. Like I said, you're, you seem to be someone who really, no matter what artistic thing you decide to delve into you go all in that's what i loved about every performance i saw you just commit so hard but oh, in a way that's, that's genuine and not doesn't feel forced you know um w one thing i wanted to know too which i feel like is super applicable to both of us we talked about this a bit is that we have really supportive parents yeah <laughs> and like i was saying to my dad too it's not that i don't think any comics have supportive parents but not a lot of them come to like small open mics my parents are one of them mm -hmm. and yours i've seen it i'm pretty sure every show every show <laughs> And whereas I think a lot of people are doing comedy because they don't maybe have great relationships with their parents yeah. and they're seeking that validation or whatever. So, um, but when I started looking into your parents, I realized that you were kind of like, you almost didn't have a choice. Your parents seem very musical oh, yes. and very just like fun, happy people. So was that something that was really ushered into your life at a young age? Just like being music, a performer? Yeah. I mean, I would say like music first and foremost was huge in my family. Like I would get, you know, lullabies like every night and every time my mom would have um, uh, friends over, family over, uh, there would always be like a jam circle. Like oh, everybody nice. would have there. Cause my mom's from uh, Newfoundland and we've got like so many percussion <laughs> instruments and like instruments in the house. Everybody got something and you could, you could always find me on the eggs, like going like crazy. On the eggs? <laughs> yeah, like, Just shaking <laughs> And uh, you know, sometimes somebody would look over at me and give me like a, like an approving nod and I would feel so amazing. <laughs> I feel like there's, Almost anything else would be a better thing to shake than eggs. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, like. Oh, you mean one egg. of those. Okay. That makes way more sense. I thought you were talking about like shaking a carton of eggs. I don't know why my head went you're there. like, you're doing great, Glennis. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be horrible to do to a child? Like, yeah, here's your instrument. It's like dripping out of the carton. Oh, like, good job. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but um, also my mom's just a natural born uh, performer and, and storyteller and joke teller. Um, she's with a band called the Fumbling Fingers and she's the. Um, great name. She, yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. And they do uh, jigs and shanties and and everything and everything you could ever want out of like a <laughs> East Coast themed uh, band. Um, and your parents will perform together sometimes too, right? Uh, yes, they're in a choir called Atlantic Voices. Okay, so they, so so they like sing twenty together. years strong too. Right? Yeah, yeah. But my my dad, um, he went to Toastmasters, which is like a like a club where you learn how to be an uh, MC. Be an and MC. Stuff? Okay. And my dad would sometimes get like hired out to be an MC. He would always be announcing at events that my that my that he and my mom were in or like the choir events and. So he was a natural orator as well. So I, I really didn't have a choice. I kind yeah. of, uh, immediately knew like how to address a crowd and, and I learned like how to, how to speak well, how to project. Um, and, you know, started when I was like five years old, I was coming down and, you know, a costume I had thrown together in my mom's sewing room. <laughs> and, uh, it's so nice that it must have down. been encouraged. Oh yes, and everybody would be sitting down, and I would I would start, and I would sing um, the song that I learned in French class one day, and wait till everybody quieted down. I'd be like, <clears throat> <laughs> Un mouton, 
de crayon and everybody would be like yay <laughs> it's like it was basically so gibberish. supportive i am a lucky duck i really i really really am and i'm also lucky that i that i live in the same city as my parents that's you know a, a luxury that not a lot of comics have but that's a recent thing that you came back right uh three years ago oh it's three yeah. years ago now. yeah okay yeah. So the beginning of the pandemic, essentially, I yes. guess. Yeah, that makes sense, though. <laughs> yeah. That's when everyone needed a bit of a support system in their lives. Oh, yeah. You know? It was like two-week vacation home. Let's go. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> and then... I think I'm going to stay. <laughs> I <laughs> now, get that, though. Toronto must your be basement. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you find, did you find Toronto was kind of an exhausting place to live or no? Um, I think I, I was making it an exhausting place to live for myself. Um, I, I, I wasn't working a, a job that I was really passionate about. And I think I was putting a lot of, of pressure onto myself to meet as many people as possible in advance. Like networking? Yeah, to network as much as possible. And obviously that's very important. And, you know, I think I became better at it by being there. And certainly the, the connections that I made there were really special. And there are some people over there that, you know, became really wonderful friends of mine. Um, but it isn't really anything like the support system that I have that I have here. And I used to have such a disdain for <laughs> for Ottawa until I found um, till I found my team, till I found you know people who are passionate about the the same things that I am. Like really, like it's it's made an enormous difference. Well, plus the cost of living's got to be so much better. Yeah, I was living <laughs> I mean, in a living room at the time. <laughs> oh no, just sleeping um, on the floor or something. <laughs> well, I had a futon, uh, so I mean, Slight the upgrade. floor would be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it was just like in a living. Like I didn't have a door, you know. I didn't have a third wall. It was very exposed. Yeah. Um. And so I was just, you know, I was, I was not, uh, not the happiest over there. Well, Ottawa's lucky to have you back. I'll be the first. I'm, to say. I'm really happy to, happy to come back. A lot has changed in a good way. I saw your dad actually in one video with a puppet, which I thought was pretty funny too. <laughs> Does he do that a lot or no? A not puppet. to switch back to your parents, but they seem like very interesting people. What was the puppet? Yeah, he was doing one of these choir things, but he had a little puppet. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the puppet's name now. But. Oh my God, no, I, I know that puppet. I, I packed that puppet today. Like I touched that puppet oh, yeah. today. That's a classic puppet that's been in our basement for many years. Yeah, and yet he, when he I brought always, up puppet, you were like, puppet, oh, puppet, puppet, puppet. puppet. <laughs> well, it's just there's so... You touched it today. <laughs> we have lots of puppets in our basement, okay? Uh, no, but for real, my mom makes a, a, like a lot of finger puppets and we do have a lot of... Oh, you actually do have a lot of puppets. We do have a lot of puppets. Okay. It's really sounded like a joke, but now that I'm thinking about it, like, man, we have a disproportionate amount of puppets in our Shit. basement. Well, it's not a bad thing to have, in my opinion, if someone knows how to use them. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what? It's not the size of the puppet. It's the way they use it. Yeah. Finger <laughs> puppets can be just as efficient. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think dolls would be a lot creepier than puppets. We have That's a lot just, of dolls as oh, well. Really? My grandma collected like those very ornate ceramic dolls. Yeah, that's um, all creepy. I loved them. Oh my gosh. I love their frilly little dresses and their dead eyes. <laughs> and sometimes you would have like the eyes that like re blinked really slowly. They're oh, all made no. out of like porcelain. Yeah. Right? If you like tilt the head, it, they would kind of blink. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I just, oh, I love those dolls. I was a dolly girl. I love I mean, dolls. it makes, I think, more sense from a female perspective growing up maybe. Yeah. I, go, I mean, I just didn't have as much exposure to dolls in my day-to-day -day yeah. life. I mean, so. you had action figures. Action figures are... are yeah, but there was no movies about creepy action figures like right, staring yeah. at you while you tried to go to sleep or whatever. <laughs> right, 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 yes. There was, I guess, some movies about action figures coming to life, but they were usually pretty nice, like Toy Story. <laughs> right, yeah, no, exactly. And everybody, I mean, everybody loved Toy Story. I or Small Soldiers. Story. That was another one where the toys came small, to life. So I didn't see that one. 1997, so I'm learning like a year before you were born. <laughs> Maybe why you didn't see it. Uh, Phil Hartman's last movie, if I'm not mistaken. And oh. Okay. Um, who else was in that movie? But it's it's like these 
little toys that come to life. Like and, the army men? Like yeah, the, well, one team is like these soldier guys, and the other team are like these alien, I guess I would call animal hybrids of some kind. Oh, I see. Okay. The two warring factions. I don't even remember how they were imbued <laughs> with the ability to be alive, but. Right. Anyway, I don't know why I brought up small soldiers, but you should no, check no, it no. out. <laughs> oh, that I'm going to yeah. like this. I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. For real, for real. <laughs> Sorry. My it's, friends have been saying for real, for real as a joke. A <laughs> now it's now it's become part of my vernacular. Oh, yeah. I've never heard someone use it twice, but. Yeah. Well, you, you write FRFR. <laughs> like oh, that's God. like what you. I, my kids do type. that stuff. I, I'm so not a. It's the same reason I don't make short videos, I guess. I, I don't like <laughs> abbreviate writing. I'm usually the one who will spend way too long going back and putting that apostrophe or like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Just yeah. Have yeah. Good yeah. grammar and spelling. No, got to capitalize when needs to be capitalized for sure. It's it's hard as someone who is who is very passionate about grammar like myself, but also wants to remain relatable and trendy. I'm like, how well, can I efficiency <laughs> too, right? Like, yeah, how can I make this super like relatable and and funny, but also grammatically right? <laughs> like it, not a headache for me to read. There's no way to do it. Yeah, no. And it'll happen to you eventually. You'll have kids, and they'll do something that makes you feel super old. But de- texting and abbreviating yeah. stuff is definitely one for me. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. daughter will just. I'm like, is it that hard to write? Thank you instead of T-Y. I don't know if kids are for me (laughs) just for that reason. Well, this is something I actually (laughs) wanted to ask you because we were talking about your parents and how great they are. I wanted to know if you had the inclination thinking, you know, maybe I'll be a mom one day. No. Interesting. I find that interesting. (laughs) No, no. I was was thinking about this in the bus ride over. There was somebody who was, was, you know, bringing their kid onto the bus, sitting them down and and having a conversation uh, with them. It was like, it was really nice. The kid was like very young, like six, you know, but they were just, they were just pals, you know, on the bus. And I was like, that is really, really wonderful. And I would love to have that relationship with a child. I just don't think it's going to be my child. Like maybe a sibling's child or something. Yeah. Yeah. You have, uh, I, I think, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of comics will agree that they're kind of born to be the fun aunt. Um, yeah, I could see that. Which I mean, and c- comics for moms. I love you. You're so hot. <laughs> it's all- I love you. I love you and respect you guys so much. Uh, but I, I think uh, I'm not alone in thinking that. Just like you know, I'm I'm meant to be a, a fun aunt and and support my my brother's kids and <laughs> that's there you about go. it. Yeah, I was wondering if you had a sibling, but as long as you get that opportunity to be some somewhat of an influence on a little blossoming mind. Yeah, and I mean, I was a camp counselor for a while. Okay. Like I, I just this past um this past summer, like last summer, I was the uh, artistic director at a, a sleepaway camp, which really just was arts and crafts head. <laughs> I saw a clip of this. You made them do like a little play. Yeah, and... I ran drama club. Yeah, it was, so we put on four original plays. Me and the kids. We I wrote say them you made together. Them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they wanted to, but you were coaching. Yes, yes. Um, sometimes I would I would star in in one if if a kid was too shy to go on. Oh no. <laughs> How do we just like, okay, well, give me, give me that tiara. (laughs) Just like the show's got to go on. You stay back here. Um, Squatting down real low. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause like I, you know, I knew all the lines and everything, but I would write like original music for them and they would come up with characters and costumes that they felt really like comfortable in and really like doing because I mean, the story really wasn't that important. It was just that they were playing who they wanted to play and they were, you know, having giving it their all. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And getting, getting along with everybody. Like nobody's saying like, Oh, this plot makes no sense. They're children. You know? (laughs) <laughs> we left some threads the rainbows here. are alive and they can eat pop tarts if they want to <laughs> like it doesn't have to make sense yeah yeah i went to a camp like that when i was a kid i think oh, i yeah? was grade six i was probably like whatever that is a, a 11 12 okay. somewhere okay. around there yeah and it was not like a sleepaway thing but it was one week maybe two and you went every day got dropped off in the morning got picked up at like four and it was a fun experience we did like air bands and 
for the final play thing, I got picked for the lead. I remember feeling really like good about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You I were like going around like top shit on campus. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know why? I think it was just because I could memorize shit. And, yeah. and I had done really well at public speaking very not long important. before that. And yeah, they were just like, this kid can remember the script. And it like very important asset in the, in the camp drama um, sector for sure. Well, just stay focused, yeah. I guess too, is probably really hard with kids, keeping them from just picking their ass or whatever kids do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like once, once they were doing something that they actually enjoyed, like once they had like a character that they wanted um, and were working together to, to make something, they, they got very focused. You know, like it was when, you know, when you're putting the ensemble or, you know, you're you're doing a, a role that maybe is too big for you. Right. It's it's not going to be it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. You're going to clock out. Yeah. But I gave these kids like a lot of the freedom to like choose what their um, characters like looked and sounded and and what role they played. Like sometimes there was like no villain. <laughs> <laughs> there was like We're all a problem, but everybody's like doing, uh, everybody's the good guy, right? The so, name of the play, the protagonist. The protagonist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that, that was, and some kids want to be villains. Some people, yeah. some kids want to be really evil and you have to nurture that. Hey, where's that kid that was dissecting <laughs> the cat? Let's get him He's in like, here. I need his, <laughs> I need, a, he need his creative flame for yeah. my production. Need his yeah. smoldering eyes. But it, no, it was super effective. They were really focused and they, they put together some amazing stuff. I was really, really inspired by those kids. That's clever though. Cause you're helping them immerse themselves by feeling like they're part of that creative process and not just doing what someone else is telling them to do so much. Yeah, I yeah. made this character. I can embody them now. Yeah, no, kids are so cool. smart, man, especially when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to storytelling and and how stories should work and and how stories are fun. You know, mm. like there was there was never any absence of, of fun or, or, you know, imagination or left turns. Um, and if you just like, if you take that and run with it, kids are not just only going to yes love it. it. <laughs> Be like, that was my idea. I said the Pop-Tart thing. That was me, yeah. you know? They can't believe you're letting it go. No, you just put in as many things as, as makes sense, you know, yeah. and they and they love it. And it was such, it was a really enriching experience for me. I had a really, really nice time doing that. It's so fun seeing what kids will come up with since they don't have all the filters that we sort of acquire as yeah. we get older or, or our sensitivities or our fears or whatever motivates us to act a certain way. Kids just don't have most of that. Yeah. And they're so raw, which could be good and bad. But when it comes to like imagination and stuff, it's mm -hmm. very, very amazing to kind of witness. I was, oh my gosh, I just remembered you saying that. I just remembered this one kid who we were doing like this. It was the, the, the play was like aliens come to high school. Um, cool. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> these kids love things set in high school. They love the cheerleader jock like dynamic. They, they're like elementary, right? These yeah. Kids, so. No, well, yeah. Like um, the ages were, I think it was like ages six to, I'm going to say like six to 15. Oh, so some of them might have been just large, starting high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but they they loved the high school setting. So we did uh, we did aliens in high school, and there was this one kid who was playing this like kind of brainiac alien. Um, and to fit the character, I I gave him one of my notebooks um, for him to like kind of like write notes in and everything. And um, I thought he was like pretending the whole time, but he gave me the note back back at the end of the session, and I saw not only like that he was actually writing things like humans oh humans seem to enjoy this brown food and. So you know, in like, character. like so in character, but also like notes about his character, you know, like, you know, oh. um, whatever his name, like Splurgon, um, in, enjoys like when friends compliment him on, um, his note taking. Weird. Or, like, he was or, doing <laughs> both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. He was doing like, he was doing like character analysis. I was like, oh my wow. God. Like, and I, I didn't know it this whole process, you know, I thought I was just faking writing notes, but he was like, 
He was really into it. So it was gonna cool. Be the next Daniel Day Lewis or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that was really Method. that was really special. I was like, you felt like really, just like I, I bet you felt like really in your element at that point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, so spending so much time with kids, there was a question I had for you, which um, what do you think makes a great parent, or what are some qualities that you think are essential to being like a really great parent? Um. Yeah, I think just you know listening and communicate communication is the most important thing. Communicating with your kid is something that is very difficult, but I think very essential. Well, you were also doing, um, improv coaching, right? I read yeah. that. I was very surprised. Well, not surprised. I just didn't know that about you. Mm-hmm. And I did the improv games when I was in grade nine. Oh, cool. Once, then I did abysmal. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I probably talked about this on here. I'm not sure, but yeah, I was in grade nine and all in our rehearsals, I was very, much like a good part of the group yeah. and then when we got to that it was just like oh, too much know, dude we all have those shows we just croak we start... i've never been in front of a crowd that big like, yeah i know they the cig the setup, yeah. so professional you know yeah no especially in god like those have been like the the real golden days of the cig this when... would have been 2000 and probably 2000 oh yeah. man what i would give <laughs> oh, yeah. what i would give to be well you were too. Uh, one of those games i know yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. i'm old again <laughs> but uh but it, like it's it's just been a it's a wonderful organization i've been a part of it for i mean coming on 11 or 12 years something oh, like wow. that um but yeah like i i started um when i was 13 and uh and it was and i've been with it ever since it is such a wonderful wonderful group of people and i'd like i would not be the the person that i am or the performer that i am without it i sometimes wish i would have stuck to improv because it does seem like something that's got to be so therapeutic i remember it being therapeutic mm-hmm. doing it like when i when i was feeling it and i felt when there wasn't the crowd <laughs> and yeah. we were just doing it in front of the class or whatever i remember it being so invigorating but also freeing because unlike stand-up or something that you've planned and gone over it's yeah. just like no you don't get to do that here and you just mm-hmm. have to kind of get on board with that and that in itself really i don't know i could see that translating into a lot of other social hang-ups and things people might have and being like that same attitude of fuck it like yeah let's just be here now and get into it you know? yeah 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 absolutely i think i think for me um it especially taught more control than anything else because i was a very extroverted teen um i kind of flitted from from friend group to friend group like i just i I had a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and i was very loud and (laughs) opinionated and when i was in an improv scene i was really forced to like take a step back evaluate plan Mm. um think like what could i do that would be like most beneficial to my teammates and and that control and that restraint when it comes to performing is still something that I'm trying to I'm trying to work on but being an improv made it a whole lot easier. You know when you come out of the gate like swinging too yeah. too hot or you give the audience well, like, a little up- too much and um like and you don't give yourself anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. Or like you kind of want to maintain a certain mystique and 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 let them in on on stuff kind of like little by little and and having that control over a scene is something that has truly changed my performing style so much. Like the like the keeping audiences interested and the and the giving them somewhere to go, giving them stakes, you know, giving them uh, uh, problems and, and storylines that stretch from like A and then you forget about it for like two hours and then it comes back. <laughs> it's oh, wow. like, you know, it just uh, it's I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Improv is something I think everyone should at least try once, even if you think you might suck at it. I feel like a hundred percent. Give it a shot. You know, a hundred percent. Yeah. As part of Small Fish, we're trying to um, uh, start an improv school. 
Uh, we're like doing like small fish present school of fish. Oh, cool. And uh, we're going to be, because Maggie and I both have lots of experience teaching improv and, and stand up and sketch and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we want to bring all of that together and, uh, and, and start uh, running classes and stuff. Nice. Yeah. It's really exciting. Where would the classes be held? Uh, we're thinking, uh, definitely we want to, it to be somewhere downtown. We have a okay. venue picked out, but, uh, it's, it's still a little bit TBD. <laughs> still figuring out the logistics. Yeah, but we, we've got a great team, um, behind us. We, we are just coming off fresh off the fringe festival. We are also both involved in the youth infringement festival, which is kind of the same, but just from people, uh, 16 to 25. Okay. And, uh, and it's just, yeah, we're, we're really confident that this will be able to, to take off in the fall. One uh, improv thing I saw you do, which, I mean, it was lucky timing, but it was so great, was you were in, oh, I wrote it down. Where is it? Uh, Matt and where is it? Oh, Matt and Ben. Matt and Ben. Thank yeah. you. I, don't know, I can't find it right now. It's probably on the other side. <laughs> um, but there's like, a, you were performing near a train track. And as the other main character is, character is having a uh, migraine of sorts, this train happened to roll by like perfect timing. <laughs> and then you played off it like beautifully. That must have felt like amazing at the time that that yeah. actually worked out. Yeah, I said, oh, man, that hit you like a train. Are you OK? Yeah. And everyone was kind of just like, <laughs> that's, like, oh, my gosh, it is so funny because that was I think it like all of my my people were there. You know, it was like the bit it was the big show, like everybody came to that show. And um, oh, my God. And just to have months and months of work kind of just like go unnoticed be just like I, the train thing was so fun yeah and they all think you somehow like were in cahoots with via rail oh my god i know you're just like thank you thank you so much you know but um it's great because it how about been that a bad scene thing. work yeah yeah exactly. how about that stage combat you know oh <laughs> uh, no that was uh no that was that was super fun i love doing that show that was great uh, especially like outside theater environmental theater is always uh is always really fun because you're you're taken you're taken outside you as the audience member are just you know uh, you're in a new environment and it's yeah. very, I think it's very exciting. Feels very invigorating for sure, I yeah. would imagine. And I mean, as long as it's not like raining and shit, that's got to suck. No. You have to yeah. cancel a show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pick the weather, I guess. Like try and plan accordingly. Yeah, we had a lucky week for sure. Um, one thing I want to ask you about is in relation to the musical comedy I've seen you do, because I love everything I've seen you do, but I also think that it's very unique that you actually play the guitar. <laughs> yeah. I, at first I was like, oh, she's just doing that for like the gimmick because, because they look cool and it's like, who plays the guitar? But now I'm like more convinced that you legitimately play the guitar. <laughs> So is that true? I, like I do legitimately play the guitar. Like I know you can play it, but yeah. I didn't know if you were just doing it for the act kind of here and there. Yeah, yeah. But do you like practice? Like well, the first, oh yeah, like the, the first time I, I held a guitar was, um, well, I was actually, I was at my friend's house and, and he had a guitar and I was just kind of like diddling around on it. And then I realized that it had a preset um, sound, like, you know how they have those preset songs on there? Yeah. And it was Last Christmas by Wham. Like, <laughs> do, 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 do. Like, it was very stiff, but it, yeah. was, it was that. And that's like my favorite Christmas song. It was like, that's so funny. It's the middle of June. Um, can I borrow this to do like a bit at Eddie's diner where I'm headed tomorrow evening. Yeah, I think said, I remember sure. this. Yeah, and so I, I had the I had the guitar out and I just like lip synced to Last Christmas um, while this dinky this little, little preset <laughs> played, and um and that was such a hit like everybody really liked it and then I think like a year later my dad bought me a guitar for my for my birthday. And I was like, wow, like this is, oh, this is real now. <laughs> so tell me as like a musician, I should know because I played guitar and stuff like that for a long time. But a guitar, I've always kind of wondered, is it just a gimmick? Is it essentially just a keyboard that you have on a strap or is there unique things about a guitar? 
Yeah, I mean, um, the guitar is is a really wonderful beginner's instrument because I used to play the piano as a kid, but I, I gave it up after Mary Had a Little Lamb like kicked my ass. Like it was, <laughs> oh my God, I could not get past that freaking song. Um, but uh, part of it, why I found piano so hard was because I had to use both my hands. And guitar is great because you only have to worry about one of your hands and the other hand is just kind of doing, you know, it can change the octave for you. It can change the tone for you. You can do like a modulate, like a wah, 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 wah. Okay. You know, like you can sustain about. a note. Um, and also like the vibe of the song is very much influenced by the the setting that you have it on. Um, so you can like experiment uh, with sounds. Like there's one song in which I choose a um, uh, a sound on my guitar uh, that sounds like a, uh, a phone notification. Because okay. midway through the song, I do like a boot up. Uh, to mimic a, like a phone application. Like you just got a text or whatever. Yeah, and that wouldn't work on like horns. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, sure. wah, wah. You know? So you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's you a, a journey. Horns? That's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, we got brass, we got chorus, we got, you know, harmonica. that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a synthesizer. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's just a very versatile instrument for cool. in, in that way. And I, I think it's the perfect instrument for me. Um, at, at first, I mean, with like the hair, with my look and everything, it did very much come off as, as, as gimmicky. Um, but it I don't, I don't think Weird that mattered. And he has the yeah. accordion, another sort of instrument. That's yeah, it was like different. Not the cool one. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. Because I, I, I had had, I have like a baritone ukulele, um, which is like the last four strings of, of a guitar. Okay. And I was cool. playing, I was playing my songs on this and I was like, they're not like funny enough. <laughs> like just I didn't have the right tone. No, like it's missing like a flavor. Okay. And uh, the guitar is definitely, definitely my flavor. It is like the perfect instrument for me. And I'm, I'm practicing it pretty, pretty consistently now. I found when I saw you playing it too, it was really complimentary because it didn't overpower the vocals ever. It was kind mm-hmm. of, it has a nice kind of like mellow backgroundy vibe to it. Yeah. Or maybe that's the volume you had it set on. I don't, I'm not sure how rocking you can get on a guitar, but <laughs> it seems rocking. like an accompanying sort yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like a guitar where you kind of it's it's just the the sound it's going to be. Yeah. Um. It's uh you can you can do a lot to control it. Cool. Yeah. I love I love Flo and Joan. They're huge comedy music uh, inspirations for me. Um. They're a duo, and they when one of them is on the on the piano, one of them is on the eggs a lot of the time. Nice. <laughs> but uh, but they they have incorporated the piano really really beautifully in their in their act, and so I took a lot of inspiration from them. Right on. Look them up. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Dad? Sometimes I, ca- I call to my dad. I know you've seen Glennis perform a couple times, and you and Mom always really enjoyed. Well, we were at that show at Eddie's, and I remember the the guitar. <laughs> I was um, taken by the diction song. That was the thing that stuck with me. Yeah. That mm. song is so great. About, that, is, that is a classic. That is like the first real comedy music song I ever so wrote. So well written, yeah. So the only thing that I would ask at this point is, uh, it's an oldie-goldie kind of approach, a little <laughs> hokey maybe, but... Uh, if you could project yourself ahead, living the life that you want to live in 10 years, what are you doing? Uh, I think um, I'm definitely growing my own food. <laughs> um, and I think that I have a web around myself um, with and it's it's all people with their with their, you know, thumbs in different pies and um who have connections in, in every which place. And, um, I'm being, <clears throat> sorry, I'm being asked to be on, on 
really cool projects. Like that's, I don't know what projects they're going to be. I don't know what they'll consist of, but I mean, you, you talk about me being, you know, a, a multidisciplinary artist. Oh, um, yes. and I think that it, that is because I, I just don't like doing one thing for too long. You know, I, I love doing my, my comedy music, but I think this, this dance show that I'm a part of is a really fabulous outlet and I don't want to lose that skill. So if there's, you know, somebody like a friend of mine who's putting on a musical, or if there's a, a friend of mine who's, um, recording like a, like an album or if there's a friend of mine who is has like an improv show going on like I I just want to to be in a place where I can ask those friends to be a part of their projects and where they're asking me to be a part of their projects that's the level of community and the level of respect I want to have accumulated by that time I hope that makes sense I feel like that's a very attainable goal yeah, yeah it sounds like you're already on the road to that I'm feeling that already I'm I'm I've really <laughs> this is gonna sound like oh uh, like I feel like I was supposed to be in like the depths of despair at this point in my life but I'm like the happiest I've ever been <laughs> yeah you seem like a very happy-go-lucky person who's just yeah. feeling it you know I just I'm I'm really so fed up life right yeah. now. I am I am so so grateful for the people around me and like like it's it's already happening. Like you've you've asked me to be on this like super cool well, podcast. I appreciate you, you being do. here. Thank I'm you. very honored to be on it. And you know it's just I my the web grows and grows and grows. <laughs> and I mean a community is just really really important to me. And so I I envision myself having a really a really big uh, uh, community that has lots of cool stuff going on. Oh, I'm sure you'll be collaborating a yeah. lot in the next 10 years. Yeah. I, I don't know if you straight collabs <laughs> all the time. That's all I want. I don't know if you have an interest in it, but I always thought from the first time we saw you at Eddie's, I was like, she could totally be on SNL. Like, and I don't think that's an easy thing to get on SNL necessarily, but no, I don't think so. You have to be kind of like you are so multifaceted and, and really great at, cause not everyone can dance. <laughs> not everyone can sing not everyone can act and you know you have those three right off the bat yeah i mean it's i, I grew That's up doing a lot of musicals yeah yeah in one of your videos just dropped out that's that was, always impressive no matter who's doing the splits hey thank you thank you i know i uh, i practiced that for about like a month and a half leading up to that that show because i couldn't i couldn't quite do it i took a lot of ballet lessons as a as a kid and i could so never the muscle memory I somewhere could never in there. get into it but i know the stretches that you got to do yeah. to get down into it so I, I i really practiced for for that when it paid off and even even the day before i wasn't quite there but I think the adrenaline and <laughs> how warm I was <laughs> before I was like, Glennis, you're not quite there. But if it, if not now, then when? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I dropped into it. That was my, was that my Goofy Goober um, uh, video? I thought it was where there was um, like talking about having low standards and a bunch of dudes there. I think you were oh. dancing all over the stage. Oh my God, that's an old video. It was like a Madonna video. type song. No, it was, it was, it was or, a cover um, of Prince's uh, Prince, Prince, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was really funny about how like your bar was just low at the time and like yeah. settling for douchebags. Or... It was it was something like the the bar because the the song is like you don't have to be rich or beam to be my girl, you know. But I, I just kept lowering it so you don't have to be rich or be employed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like or this or this or this. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. That was yeah. I uh, I really I must have prepared for that show as well because it's not it's not something that comes naturally to me to the the splits. <laughs> yeah, well at least you have it on on tape. You know, you I know. Every time I do this, like, somebody has to film it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's for it's the like ages now. Waste. 
Yeah, I honestly just wanted to mention some of your skits that I really enjoyed because some oh, of them, thank I, I you. don't even necessarily have questions, but I just wanted to mention them like Ernestine's Bonbons of Malice, I thought was oh. absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and I think everyone should, I'll put it like a card up so people can click on it and check it out because it was, I don't know, just you, again, you commit so hard to the character <laughs> that it just works. And you gotta commit. You gotta commit. What else are you doing in this life if not committing to, yeah, to your I'll character? Yeah, I'll tell my dad just so he has an idea of what I'm talking about, but it's, it's playing off of how, you know, they always say, kids are gonna get nasty things in their trick-or-treat bags but then they come home and it's like yeah everything's fine so this character is basically saying like order my kit and you'll get like one apple with a razor and like two pill bottles full of thumbtacks and, <laughs> yeah but it's just this new yorker accent i believe yeah it was kind of like hey how's it going uh, <laughs> hey but not but the shoes on the other foot other what if we had a bag that was actually dangerous <laughs> and it was i yeah that was so my friend my friend was putting dumpster. on uh, how this was like peak pandemic um like i think like year one my friend was putting on a show um it was like a halloween themed show that was online so there's a bunch of online online skits and, and bits that were gonna be broadcast at the same time and she asked me to to put something together and uh yeah no that was my you should i think, I think revisit that character but in different like i'm sure i'm not the first person to tell you that no, I or mean, that's I? like, it was, it was big during the time, but, uh, yeah, we were talking about how like, you YouTube almost accounts. slept into her there for a I, second. I, I, I <laughs> was hoping that uh, nobody would notice. <laughs> no, I heard, <laughs> nothing gets past you, Oliver. No way, no how. <laughs> you had another, um, video where you were doing all these accents and you were like going in and out of them too. You did like a really thick Cockney accent and then you switched into like Italian. Oh or yes. That was, that was for Matt and Ben. Um, that was uh, a part. So Ma like Mindy Kaling wrote this uh, play um, when she was in university called Matt and Ben. And uh, there was um, a part where they're reading the, the Goodwill hunting script for the first time. Uh. And uh, Mindy Kaling as Ben Affleck is going through like all these different accents, trying to like kind of find the character. You know, the joke being that Matt Damon is a much better actor at that time than Ben Affleck ever was yeah and so you know um uh, she's reading it like all these like all these diff fun different accents just kind of to highlight the fact that cannot read the mood of the script at all <laughs> as ben affleck it Doesn't was a, it was a really fun play yeah that was that was great i felt like ben affleck was definitely like the funnier character in that play which was why i was uh i was cast in in that role because, he is funnier yeah i mean yeah just in general <laughs> i think out of the two of them i would imagine he's the funnier dude yeah yeah timing was really important in that play and so i think that was where a lot of my my work came from in, in dissecting that was like when to when to like get those get those jokes in amidst you know this very kind of more serious matt uh matt damon character because you know the joke of of, of Matt Damon is that he's just an absolute drip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too fun to be around. No, yeah. no. Very talented. Not too fun to be around. Uh, he's got some fun movies too. The one where he got shrunk down really tiny. I thought that was kind of a cool yeah. movie. Yeah. But I mean that? now, yeah, and I, I don't really watch a lot of Matt Damon stuff because he had that thing about like saying like the F word at the at the table in front of his daughter. Oh. His, he was like posting about it like the F word, like, like uh, apparently you can't say like like F A G like that. Oh, you can't, I was like, you say, can't fuck, say that I say anymore. Fuck around my daughter. Yeah, I know. Like, I was just no, like no, apparently. Just, yeah. but, how funny that. is that? Like my daughter. Oh my gosh, she's like and like really? people were oh. kind of raising yeah, an eyebrow how like in 2022 you're saying the F word. Yeah. <laughs> like why is that happening? Um, I had a dude at my work that that happened with where he was yeah. like 50, and I'm not going to go into too many details because then people know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, he was, I don't even remember what the context was, but he was throwing that word around. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, like, do you know what year it is? Like, if you would be like fired straight up if like the wrong HR person was in this room right now. Yeah. And, it, and that's not even why it should matter either. But it's just for someone to be so disconnected from reality and society and where things stand and, and what's right, really, mm -hmm. I don't know. I had to say something to him and I did. It didn't really yeah. do anything, but no, it's, I mean, even as like a queer person, like I'm pansexual. Okay. Um, and even in those like queer spaces where, you know, it'd be, nobody would really bat an eyelash if, if you said it, I still try to be really mindful. Um, because I'm, you know, so sociologically speaking, like on the higher, um, like on a higher level of privilege than a lot of people. Like I'm a woman, I'm, I'm cisgender, you know, I'm white. I mm -hmm. have a lot of privilege and I don't want to kind of drop a word that I, I don't really think is mine to reclaim. Um, and also like even just hearing that word can, you know, be hurtful to, to some people if that word was used against them when they were growing up, like and it can still send like a little oh, twinge uh, within them. And so like, I don't want anybody to feel like that, um, you know, around, around me, like, obviously, like if, if you're gay and you, and you feel like you're in a space That's where, where like, you're tricky, comfortable though, using yeah. that word, then like, obviously, yes, use it. I'm not going to like tell you not to re reclaim that word. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like, I don't just, I just don't think that it's mine to say. Well, it's um, very similar with and the N word, obviously. it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. That's just where I am. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with like words, like you know, like stupid that I'm trying to replace with, with silly and like crazy that I'm trying to re replace with ridiculous. There yeah. are these things that can be really, um, really hurtful to people and you don't even know it. Like things, you know, people, the R word. Well, yeah. Like R word, I think is even like a pretty like extreme example. Like everybody knows not to yeah, say the R word. Yeah, it's pretty obvious at this point. But everyone will say just like, oh, last night was like so crazy. I was acting so crazy. Mm. And you know, there's just so many other words that you could oh, use. I, one I can I was relate acting to. so silly. Like I was being so bananas and like you can use any one of these, even if there's like a slightest chance that somebody was like called crazy every day yeah. in high school or something like it that. Was or, the source of all that of was their the pain. word. Yeah. Exactly. Like I just, yeah. I, I want to start like I'm, well, I am like, I'm training myself out of that for yeah. sure. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. And I, I think if more people did that, we'd have a, a much more copacetic world to be living in and better vocabulary as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, my personal, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm in a great privileged position, but I have had like OCD since I was 10, mm -hmm. you know, diagnosed and all that. And that's one that irks me when people will be like, Oh yeah, my OCD is so bad. Like, and they use it like very, yeah. you know, casually. And I know they don't actually have OCD and I'm just like, eh, like, I've been through a lot of bullshit because of my OCD yeah. and intrusive thoughts and like everything that comes along with that and, yeah. and anxiety, of course, and depression even, you know, so I get where you're coming from with what you're saying. Yeah. When, like when you think about it, that's a pretty overt, like targeted thing to say. <laughs> the OCD one is so specific. <laughs> I, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like when somebody was saying like, there was that thing that went around that, oh my God, this really, this really got my goat. <laughs> when people being like oh like crackhead energy like I'm giving like oh you're mm -hmm. such a crackhead and sometimes I, I still see that like being used unironically I'm like oh my god like can you imagine I just I, I just think people have to be so numb to the human experience and to have like a lack of empathy yeah. to 
equate your like you know jaywalking to being to having crackhead energy like that i I just think that's really really disrespectful to anybody who's experienced any type of addiction definitely (laughs) and uh and so this this is the thing like as you know as as comics as people who rely very much on on what we say the the written word the spoken word um and and using that to be our art and and to influence people like i think it's really really important that our everyday language really reflects who we are that we're not passive about it that we're always thinking and that you're learning to grow yeah exactly because like i'm i'm really into like linguistics and etymology and everything like that and so when you know a lot of people think of linguistics it's like oh you're just like you know real like grammar nerds you know you don't you you are really passionate about the oxford comma when really it's about watching how language evolves and watching how like the way we speak and communicate evolves and and the sociological um political things that that come with that and like i i just think it's such an interesting field um and so you know anytime there's a way that i can either like learn more like correct my language in that way like i i really i really jump at that and i encourage a lot of other people to like look within and kind of and you know like how improv taught me like to pause and to think and to plan about the things that you're going to say just in case there's somebody there like you would feel so yeah. Oh, you feel so embarrassed if somebody came up to you and said something. Yeah. But the reality is a lot of people aren't, you know, that um, if somebody's really hurt by the word stupid, it's so in ingrained in our, our vernacular that nobody's going to say like, hey, don't say stupid. Yeah, like you're you know? the worst person ever for yeah, saying that. Yeah, so just no. like take it upon yourself to, it's such a small thing that we can do. Well, and it blows my mind the amount of times when somebody could change something in their vocabulary and it would be like no uh, not detrimental to their life in any way mm-hmm. could only just like help us someone exactly. else feel better yeah. and then they'll adamantly like push against it i don't get that yeah but it's the same thing like if you go up to someone and say like in a conflict say hey that like really hurt my feelings and you flip to the vulnerable mm-hmm. people usually back off completely oh, and, yeah. and they feel super bad and then you work it out and and it totally can change the pacing of the way things are going exactly you know? but yeah. that's yeah people have a hard time being vulnerable and people have a hard time wanting to change yeah and like admitting that they that they need to change and like i i really understand that that's hard i've had to unlearn tons of things um and there's there's you know things that i still say that i like i just like oh, i've put my foot in my mouth for because well because it's hard you don't also want to live your life where you're like oh i'm a piece of shit everything i say is the wrong thing like it's more like about acknowledging it and then trying your best to move in a direction away from that if it's yeah. something that could again help other people feel more comfortable i'm totally on board with that totally yep actually episode i think seven of this show way back when like three four years ago now um i had matt champ on and Mm. honestly i can't even remember what he does specifically i don't want to mess up his title but i know he works with a lot of people who are like um, addicts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i was corrected on the term junkie which i was using and and i didn't you know i had heard that term and never really it had never been brought to light in my life that that was like insulting or hurtful and Again, yeah, like going, I don't like say junkie, junkie anymore yeah. because like it's not hard. Yeah, to you can not replace it, it with fiend. Well, that oh, I'm like I'm a fiend for Dorito. <laughs> that doesn't work with a drug addict though. Instead of being like, oh, oh yeah, no, 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 he's not a for crack the, junkie. No, no, he's no. A ghoul. I'm talking about like <laughs> for, cool. for what we would say, you know, instead of like saying like, oh, oh I'm yeah. a Dorito junkie, you say I'm a Dorito fiend. No. <laughs> Yeah, he's I'm a real cocaine fiend. fiend no, yeah. I think that's that's uh, that's <laughs> a little too light. <laughs> yeah, that's like a super villain type name. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do I got here? I, we went over a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. Although we were talking about, um, you were bringing up 
queer. And I did want to bring that up because it's a term I've heard my whole life. Mm -hmm. Although when I was younger, I would have just equated it with gay men because when we were young, that's like, oh, why are you being queer or whatever? Like that was, you heard that. Um, But now I know it has a much larger meaning. And rather than like trying to Google it, I knew you were coming here. I was like, I'm just going to be vulnerable (laughs) and just ask that and admit, I don't know. Yeah. Or like, is it a clear definition of what that encompasses? Well, I I think, I think now it's come become this really comforting umbrella term. Um, because I, you know, I feel like a lot of young queer people, um, and also old queer people, ha- no, oh, it's not, sorry, not old, older queer people, <laughs> everyone, um, has a hard time labeling themselves when they first start kind of realizing that they, that they may be queer. They may be on the, you know, LGBTQ. They don't know exactly where they're. 2S spe- spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when we're, we're talking about like a word, like, like queer, I think it's more so not so not so, you know obviously it's been it's been reclaimed in in a big way but it's still hurtful um you know when, when somebody uses it out of out of malice so i think uh having it as kind of something that can describe the entire community like the queer community is such a wonderful like hug of a word that is for all it. of us yeah okay yeah and so that's that's what i think uh it's it's really about is you know even if you're not sure like you know i i didn't know if i was like fully like a lesbian if i was pan if i was bi like there's These a lot of gray area between pansexual yeah. and bisexual as well it's just if some one label works better than the other yeah and pan was the one for me and so, but I, I do feel really comfortable calling myself uh, queer as well, because as anything, you know, as any, uh, everything is on a spectrum and the queer spectrum, you don't have to be all the way over here, all the way over there. It can just yeah. be. That's nice for someone who, yeah. who's feeling a little bit lost and they don't yeah. know exactly where they fall or how they would define their gender or yeah. their sexuality. Or was like fully, you know, maybe, maybe you were a lesbian for the like first like major part of your life and now you're maybe transitioning into, into another identity yeah. and that place placeholder um like to use queer in the interim is like oh yeah it's so relieving the stress over that yeah (laughs) Yeah, that makes so much sense okay i'm glad i asked that then i know it's kind of out of left field but um it's something i've always kind of wondered yeah yeah you know you brought that up so i'm glad i asked so honored to be the first gay person on this show this is really no No, Kyle Brownrigg and Jesse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, no 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 probably others i'm not remembering now but those are the two that come to mind they would have words with you about that <laughs> jesse would so be like honored oh, please. To be the first woman and gay person on your show i don't know yeah i mean i guess i don't ask often it's not so honored to be the first uh woman and gay person with curly hair on your show this is really an honor um okay well i have two random questions or actually i've got a few more than that but the two that i wanted to start with um and and before you get too far i've got one more oh okay well if you you can go now if you want okay <laughs> so glanis yeah you live a very creative life would, would you agree that. with that yes okay so what i painted a bunch of flowers on furniture today so in this creative life what would you say is your main driver is it that you want to develop and explore within yourself or that you are driven to create, to give to others? Or is it something else? Is there a different type of driver? Um, I think my love for theater and the, the arts in general, always, I always wanted to um, 
have like, I always wanted to excel basically, which sounds very self-inflated, but my, my brother was like a star student, star athlete. He was an amazing piano player. My parents, you know, were, you know, very accomplished artists and, and they were just like really, really wonderful people who, who supported me a lot. And so I wanted to be like the best I could possibly be, um, at whatever I was doing. And so this, you know, my, my original plan when I first got into this like grade four and five was like, this is going to be like the thing that I am really, really good at because math is not working. (laughs) (laughs) Math is not going well. So I need, I need something that I'm just going to be really, really good at. And then it started turning into, um, yeah, just this, this really wonderful sense of, of community and belonging. And so I think, I think I do it, um, for for a mixture of reasons um it's it's to work with other creative people that i love so much and respect so much um because i just i'm just a fan <laughs> like i'm just such a fan of of comedy and theater and music and razzle dazzle like i love it so much and to and to be able to kind of brush elbows with these people who i like really i really respect their craft and i really respect their art that's a really amazing thing so i do that for for myself just for because it's like an amazing field to be in and i feel very honored to be in it and to be around those people um but uh, also i think just the things that I that I write and the things that I like to sing about, they really represent like these these chapters in my life and these like facets of my brain. Um, these these little things that I just wanna I just wanna share in the hopes that maybe somebody will have a similar experience. I have one song that um, resonated with a lot of people at a show that I just did, uh, which is called Puke Pylons, and it's about <laughs> um, like puking in a public place and having pylons like bright pylons put around <laughs> the place that you puke. Cause that's happened to me four times oh. in my life. <laughs> and so I thought like, man, like what if there's somebody else out there <laughs> who's gotten their puke pylon who needs like a beacon? <laughs> You've had that four times. So yeah. 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 Dude. I'm like the Beyonce of getting their, my puke pylon for sure. Well, I mean, puking from overindulging or whatever is not that uncommon, especially in your twenties and stuff. But the fact that there were people or pylons and people with pylons it's happened throughout my life. Yeah. Every every chapter of it. I'm picturing like Um, little pylon leprechauns (laughs) or something that come out. Little imps. Yeah. (laughs) First I thought you said you were going to put the pylon on top. It's like, I'll clean up on our floor. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think, I think uh, in in that way, it's like for, you know, making those gifts for people. But I, I think the community aspect is, is the main driver. I just love working with, with people and new people with, with all these new ideas. I just find it so exciting. That's great. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll go on to my question. And then. also the money. I love all the money, <laughs> the sweet cash, cash money that keeps coming in. I love bathing in rubies and emeralds and like Scrooge Other McDuck. Gems. I love, I love taking the, the $75 face peel off my face. every morning. <laughs> Living that life. Sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about this D&D thing I saw you do. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't actually see it, but I wanted to know more about it because it sounded like it was the first time you ever did Dungeons and Dragons. I had done it a couple times before. Okay. Um, but your character was a dragonborn wrestler who does macrame. Yes. Which made me think of Kelly's thing from the right. wedding. Because you did your wedding arch for... I should say, yeah. I got the ring. Oh, beautiful. So, beautiful work by Kelly. Since. Shout out to Kelly and, yeah. and her macrame. Um, yeah. No, I, uh, I love 
loved the character creation process. I worked with a team to like kind of uh, create this character and, and learn more about her. Um, she was really fun to play. Uh, her name was uh, Tarragon or Terry the Waste Layer. <laughs> and uh, too late to change her name. She hates it, but it's too late to change it. And she was a uh, d- like she was part of a duo. And part of her uh, tragic backstory is that her her duo partner, which was a halfling, um, she she died in a ring related incident. Uh-oh. And she's like, on, she thinks it was rigged, and she's like, <laughs> like on the she's like on the case uh, for this mystery of, of her partner's death. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I loved playing her. She was she was so much fun because she was she almost had like a Kermit type voice. He was like, this guys, you know, like, like violence is like not the answer. Like, we really need to like put our heads together and see if there's like a spell that we can use. <laughs> like, she's like eight feet tall, like this horrifying dragon. You know, she's doing like a little macrame for her friends. <laughs> Did you do this online? Yeah, yeah. This is like okay. an online D and D. It rolls a die and all that. Yes, yes. I uh, oh, I'm. It's it's really cool. It's called um, oh oh my gosh, I forget the name of the actual show, but they use this AI um cool. to uh to um generate uh, ideas for the for the like the dm or whatever the journey yeah yeah and there's a live illustrator as well who um who who like draws the action like as it's happening as you're talking it out which no is way. so so awesome uh we'll, we'll link it later because it was such a fun show to do and i'm kicking myself for forgetting the name of it um so but, the uh, art i saw is it like that style yes was, okay yeah it's the same cool. artist yeah Wow, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. That awesome. seems like that would make D&D so much more fun. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not fun. I haven't done it in a long <laughs> time. But I have fond memories from sleepovers and stuff as a, as yeah. a teen or whatever. But a, uh, It's an awesome show. Yeah, should, yeah, if you like I, D&D, you should go check level. it out. And it was, a, it was a really nice show to be to be booked on because I didn't have a lot of D&D experience, but I love D&D. That's almost probably better, though, because especially like an improv or you'll get so into it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Nice. Almost, almost too into it. I keep going into soliloquies. <laughs> when I was in the ring, <laughs> the only person that knew me. They're like, we're going to the next village and you can catch up with us. <laughs> it's like, but I never came up. And it's like, okay, Terry, we're leaving. <laughs> so funny. We got ogres to fight. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about your custom clothing. Yes. And how you got into that. And do you sell it? Is that the other thing I was wondering? Or is it just for your own? attire yeah i uh, i don't sell it at the at the minute um my mom was a uh, home economic teacher so she is like super super knowledgeable and really talented in um like sewing and and cooking and like um like housekeeping hacks and like construction and and building and and all this like all this really cool stuff um and so she has like all these amazing sewing supplies like already right there and i got a sewing machine for for christmas one year um i'm a lot of my (laughs) a lot of my main things have just originated from getting a gift from my parents for Christmas. Shout out, uh, shout out mom and dad. Thank you for like creating my whole personality just through uh, Christmas gifts. Um, but yeah, so, there's nothing yeah. better than giving a gift and seeing the person is using it. Oh, fun. best feeling, yeah. best feeling. That's like, that's just, that's all it is. It's like, I'm just, I'm only playing the guitar just to make my dad happy to think that he didn't. Did he buy you <laughs> the guitar? He did. He bought it for me for my birthday. Very cool. But my mom, uh, yeah, my mom and dad, they bought me a sewing machine for, for Christmas and, uh, uh, and I started, um, I found this beautiful fabric in my mom's like stash and all I wanted to do was to make a dress with it. So one day I kind of like swallowed my pride and I was like, mom, can, can you please teach me how to, how to sew? 
<laughs> and uh, and she she taught me like everything I needed to know about how to thread the machine, how to f- read a pattern, um, like the light math that was involved. wasn't too much math for me, so it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, and uh, and yeah, I just really enjoyed having clothes that that really fit me for for a change because I, I had a really hard time um, finding clothes that that fit my body. And, uh, and it was really nice to have that control. And also I'm a really big, um, uh, believer in like sustainable, sustainable fashion and ethical fashion. And, um, I think being able to like maintain your clothes and repair your clothes and repair your friend's clothes Mm. and to, you know, and make prevent, yeah, to prevent clothes from, from going into the thrift store or the landfill, um, is, is super important. So that's been, that's been my little own (laughs) alone activism on the side is like making my making my clothes and, and fixing clothes for my friends that's super great yeah i have no skills in that at all even though my mom can i still will send her something once in a while she <laughs> fixed my gloves recently oh cool yeah well yeah. they're my grandpa's gloves and he passed recently and they were uh you know i don't know what you call them but they look like gloves that uh, aviator would have or something they're oh. like leather but they're not gigantic like huge winter mitts right right they're right. like november gloves probably i guess Ooh, i would say yeah like driving gloves <laughs> I would gloves know. they're yeah that's, that's an indie band for sure for or sure. an album name or something yeah anybody who knows how to like repair knits or like hard fabrics like that like 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 knows how to like um treat leather or, or do knits or anything like that just amazing yeah. Truly amazing craftsmanship, unlike all of it, impressive. Unlike me. anything, like sewing now is honestly a little pedestrian when compared to like like darning tights or or like fixing a sweater or like anything like that. The, what the people do, the for crochet cosplay. girlies. Uh, what, sorry, what'd you say? Cosplay. I see people make like oh armor God. out of styrofoam and like they'll custom three D print uh, stuff and oh, it's bananas. People who cosplay are are gonna save us in the apocalypse. I am <laughs> I am so convinced. Non functional weapon. <laughs> oh my god i am so freaking impressed by them and i've always kind of wanted to like dip my toe into cosplay but oh, I've you never, never have you seem I've like never someone had the guts and like i love oh i'm a part of so many like fandoms and like i love like anime as well like giant like uh, like cool armor you know yeah um and I'm especially like D stuff like oh just like i love i love all of that like my my dream cosplay would to be um alphonse from full metal alchemist i'm vaguely familiar i, I know the he's name just like the sweet little boy in a full tank of, of armor. Oh, nice. It's like a soul of armor really. And, um, and it's, it's so sick. Uh, but, uh, way but, yeah. oversized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They did that a lot in anime, I think. Right. Cause like the dude from final fantasy has a sword that he clearly couldn't hold. No. Yeah, exactly. Unless he's super exactly. strong. I don't know. How are you guys getting these weapons so big? <laughs> How are you making your giant weapons? Like, uh, why? I don't, but you know what? At the same time, I kind of want to keep the magic. Like I don't want to know how they make them. I don't want to yeah. know what they're made out of. I want to keep the fantasy. Like that is a stupid steel sword and they are so strong (laughs) (laughs) i want to keep that magic yeah i love sewing it's it's great i love uh i I love dressing myself i bet you can sell some of that but it's i guess if you're custom making it for your body i don't want to sell out yeah it'll take the yeah it'll take the the joy out of it for me for sure would be would be like a passion project kind of thing exactly exactly it's like a love letter to myself like hey i made you this dress oh thank you me you're welcome me you know but if people go to your instagram they can check it out i I saw you have a link there yeah yeah and they can they can inquire like hey do you think you could make me like you know a, a skirt for this and I you know if I have the time I'll be like yeah for sure you know there you go yeah. maybe you'll get some commissions going on oh yeah totally 
All right. Well, I've got a few fun random questions. Um, these are like off the internet random, like nothing to do <laughs> with you specifically, but eh, I, I'd like to know what you think. Uh, bald people, should they have to wear hairnets <laughs> like for a job? <laughs> that was a really interesting question. Because <laughs> if they don't, it seems kind of un unfair like to the other people. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's something really funny in seeing a bald man in a hairnet. Right? Because yeah. you could have dandruff still maybe. Yeah, Flaky but I mean, honestly, I don't think a hairnet's going to stop a, a flake of dandruff coming off. I don't know. I guess you know, if I had a hairnet on and I and I shook my head, it'd be it'd be a white Christmas, you know. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think it would be doing the job. So no, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. I think if you're bald and and you're being forced to to wear a hairnet, then you need to unionize or something. It's not that's not right. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, most embarrassing thing you've ever worn. Oh my god. You don't seem like someone that would be easy to embarrass by like wearing something. Oh, from the year. I mean, I, I would say I'm not I'm not embarrassed to have worn these because they're a big part of, of, of who I am. But from 2012, I believe, or 2011 to 2015, I, I didn't wear any other footwear other than a, like this giant pair of cowboy boots that would like click clack as I walked down my school halls and everybody thought there was a teacher coming and they'd all like shut up and then I'd turn the corner and they'd be like, oh, it's just going to start stupid fucking boots. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But yeah, like I just, I love these boots and I, I wore like really bright colored skinny jeans tucked into them, you know, like that was, that was definitely a, an era for me. Um, so it's only embarrassing looking back. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just like. I don't think it's the fact that I wore them. I think it's the length of time, the dur the duration of time, <laughs> which I like was so committed to these boots. Like these boots are worn. People were like calling you giddy up and stuff. Yeah, well, people called me boots sometimes. Boots? That's kind well, of a actually, cool that's, a, that's a lie. That's a lie all so over. Boots. Somebody called me boots one time and I made up my email address. <laughs> So I've got, boots you know, Glenistat Marshall, I've got my email, and then I've got, yeah, Boots. boots. <laughs> it's like my, something with Boots. It's kind of a cool my, nickname. That's I, my I junk email, yeah. There you go. <laughs> a, a friend of mine, actually, he one time, uh, he got very offended, for good reason, because I only, he only knew my Boots email and not my professional Glennis Marshall email. Oh. He was like, am I not important enough for your non-Boots email? Yeah, I'm not the real I was deal. like, no, 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 I just, like, forgot <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt so bad <laughs> for that, but yeah, I think I think that would be uh, that would be it. Otherwise, the, the usual fodder. Like I layered a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone who makes her own clothes again. I, as I said it, I'm like, I don't think she's been embarrassed in clothes. Probably <laughs> if you're you're trying things out, you know. Oh yeah, but I mean, like I'll look back on an outfit that I wore, like you know. A month ago, and I'll be like, cringe. Oh, why? 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 <laughs> but doing acting, you got to dress up in costumes and stuff. So you're probably used to all that. Yeah. I uh, just, I just, there's so many clothes in the world. I love clothes. I love fashion. Anybody who knows me um, knows that I'm like obsessed with fashion and color and lines and, and sculptural things. It's always and, like, changing. Designers. Right? Oh, it's just like such a cool world. I love, I love fashion so, so much. Um, and so I'm always like trying to experiment with new like silhouettes for myself and see and see what I can but come up with. sustainable fashion. Sustainable fashion. Because exactly. I'm sure a lot of the big ones are not that. Yeah. Some of the like Pradas and Gucci's. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I, I don't know the fashion <laughs> industry, but I would imagine the ones making tons of money are maybe not the uh, sustainable ones. No, yeah. So sometimes they try to put like this nice green filter over it. But yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is just, it's just so much product. Do people know? still do fur? Is that still a thing? 
I would like to think I'm, not. I'm, but yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure fur is still because it's like a baller available. thing to some people, I guess, to yeah. be able to be like these are real gator shoes or whatever. Like I don't really get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh oh gosh, it's the the environmentalist in me. Like and oh the, yeah, if you killed uh, the gator because let's put it this way, if a man was like I'm wearing these gator shoes that I made after I killed a gator because it was life or death and he was gonna eat my child or something like that, I'd be like, all right, I guess. I, I still wouldn't personally support that, but I kind of get it in that case. It's like you almost died. This thing was coming for yeah. blood. I would if if you if you killed that gator and then you used every part of the gator, I think that'd be sure, okay yeah. to, to yeah, keep yeah. a bit of the hide for for boots. But yeah. I don't know. I just think there's something so degrading about boots. And I mean, like I went to talk. I wore leather boots for <laughs> you know four years of my life. I'm sure most and a lot people of, are guilty. A lot of, of shoes are leather, obviously. But I think there's just so many other alternatives that we could be exploring that we have the money to explore, and that these giant corporations definitely have the means to explore. It's just especially with like micro trends and there's such a high turnaround of style right now. Yeah. And there's so much, you know, like when you think of like eighties fashion, you have like a certain silhouette in mind, Yeah, you know, but like I just neon think is what I think. In 80s. Yeah. Like neon, like the acid wash jeans, like Clashing the colors. jumpsuits, the zoot suits. Like there was like a, a solid fashion for a, like a 10 year period. And then now, and now we're here and like there's just, there's demand for every single thing. Yeah. You know, there is like every era that ever was and especially things to look like, to look vintage, like not, you know, really taking care of and, and curating our, and making vintage like very affordable and accessible, but like just making like these super cheap knockoffs, yeah. um, just to have like the, 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the amount, like the. Like the, you mean the certain amount of sales that like that they have to guarantee for it's the company? Just so it's just the excessive the productivity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. No, it's like the jeans that come with like gigantic holes already ripped in them. Like you think those are gonna last very long? Yeah. And those Probably are, not. Those are really bad. Um, those make for really bad working conditions because pre-shredded jeans, like there's so many like fibers and and there's so much dye in the air mm. that if you don't have proper ventilation in the building or if you don't have proper masks for your um for your Child employees. Labor or for your child laborers yeah Myanmar then that's like it's horrible for your for your lungs and like acid wash and that kind of thing it's horrible horrible for your lungs die on the hands i can um, imagine yeah. yeah yeah so i mean like the the production of denim in itself is is quite unethical as as we see it now um I didn't want to throw There's Myanmar a really good documentary the on denim <laughs> if anybody's interested i think What's it's it on called? netflix um Oh God, I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm really bad at remembering the names of things today. But I don't think there's a lot of d documentaries about jeans. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to try and think it. of a good name for it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be rattling around <laughs> in my head. Oh, riveting. Oh, riveting because the rivets on yep. the. <sighs> Wait, that, is that what it was called, or is that what? Yes, you just no, that's it. Okay. That's what it's called. <laughs> you just came up with that. It's now. like the riveting, like the history of jeans. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, in Myanmar, was that a bad? like a country to throw out for child laborers or is that on the nose maybe uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be real i don't know a lot about uh, yeah myanmar's got a lot of bad stuff going on okay really, okay i'm a glad lot, I'm a lot of areas because yeah. i just went for it for the you know effect of just picking yeah. a country quick but. formerly known as burma north of thailand see yeah. this is what i've talked about with the trivial pursuit stuff over yeah, here yeah yeah <laughs> not everyone would know that Country, I, I countries that used didn't. to be countries are, are really cool i think yeah that's interesting a lot of them have changed what's another one that's, that's uh, been changed uh, siam which used to be, uh, no, it's, or sorry, no, it is now. It used now. to be Siam, now it's uh, Thailand, I believe. Turkey? No. 
Oh, Istanbul used to be Constantinople, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a real thing or is that Man, a joke? Somebody's got to write a song about <laughs> that. That, that is so yeah, syllabically I, good. <laughs> according to that song. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> no, but does that have some like significance? It's, it's historical. Yeah. Okay. So does, that, yeah. I didn't know if it was just a silly song. Or, no, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 no. Constantinople was a gigantic uh, m megalopolis of its time sort of a thing. So, mm. yeah. But that's like ancient history or no? Yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, what's ancient history? I mean, we're well, talking like about the Cretaceous? Years, no, it's not the Cretaceous, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not up on it enough like that. I'd say... That'd be sick. I'd say... <laughs> like Istanbul had dinosaurs. I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that old. A big asteroid made it Constantinople. <laughs> What's in this peach bubbly? No. Yeah. And you didn't even hit the joint. So mm -mm. No, it's all good. You can save it for I later. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right, hit me with that. Uh, the, the, the last oh, question yeah. or two. Uh, we've got, uh, what characteristic would your hypothetical nemesis have? Oh, wow. That is a really great question. I think, I think my arch nemesis would not know or like would 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 keep me at a party too long. <laughs> like a bad influence kind of. <laughs> like they would I I think like it it was it, there would be like I I'm imagining the nemesis like they're at a party um and uh they keep roping me into conversations that oh, no. I'm like I don't have the mental energy <laughs> to, to participate in or be like when I'm at a party like when I'm like I feel like cuz I feel like that's my my superpower is like when I'm at a party and I don't know anybody I can really turn it on and like insert myself into conversations and find like a common common ground with people. I have this thing that I do called tattoo parlor, which is I take a bunch of temporary tattoos into the person's uh, bathroom whose house it's in. And then everybody starts lining up to get a temporary tattoo from me, but it's only one at a time. So I get to like ask them questions about themselves, like meet them like really good face to face and then have a point of physical touch with them as I'm applying their tattoo. And then I'm like, thanks for coming. See you later. And it's like a nice quiet part of the party. And then you have a cool, um, a temporary tattoo and a fun new friend and then by the time I get out I know everybody at the party and they all have temporary tattoos it is my perfect very clever perfect plan for every party and it takes like I don't know 30 minutes how know. many times have you done that <laughs> <laughs> a good like four or five times well i guess if it works it yeah. works perfectly but somebody my my nemesis would be at that party and um and just stay in the bathroom for for way too long or once i got out um would just like keep me there at the party for like hours and hours after i was meant to be gone or like my my friends were all the way over there they just keep me they keep me conversationally hostage <laughs> And uh, and that would be that would be my my nemesis. nemesis material. Yeah, yeah, being being able to like kind of see and and meet everybody at a party and and get out in good time while you're still having a good time is very important to me. So your nemesis would keep you there basically until the puke police had to show up. Basically, yeah, yeah until I until I puked in a public <laughs> spot. The pylon guys came <laughs> instead <out>. of <laughs> at home, where is the only place you should puke. <laughs> uh, I think I already know the answer to this, but do you think that you would be friends with a clone of yourself? Maybe I don't. Yeah. I think, yeah, I I think we'd you... be really, really good friends. You play guitar? I play guitar. Oh my gosh. Like we would just, oh, we'd have like the best time. And um, I, I really, I really enjoy my own company. That was something that I think the pandemic taught a lot of us was how to enjoy your own company and kind of revisit what really 
made us made us tick and and what we enjoyed doing and um yeah i just i i love spending time with with myself and having those those quiet moments and also that sounds so having healthy like, <laughs> and like you know dancing in the kitchen if like there was another me dancing in the kitchen we're doing like these giant choreographed numbers to like a christopher cross song would be like dun, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah you seem so pure and happy and healthy <laughs> i got to talk Thank to you. your 93 year old doctor you were telling me about yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love my doctor, my family doctor. He's been with us forever. Um, I, I went to go see him recently because I got a, a very infected cat bite. Um, love the cat. Uh, I just uh, just had never done that before. I was jumping around the apartment because a, a, a favorite comedian of mine had had followed me on Instagram. Oh, um, was and Gary Goldman like, <laughs> was it? Yes. yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. I had him in my notes here. He is very funny. Oh my god, I love Gary Coleman. I uh it's so embarrassing how much I love Gary Coleman. Because I don't I don't like putting anybody on a pedestal. And I don't think I put anybody, any like celebrity on a pedestal so high. Yeah, other, but talk about a vulnerable other guy. Than He's the most vulnerable. The gall. Like I just oh, I think he is like like thinking about him too much like makes me very I can emotional. See that. Yeah, I just I, I I take so much inspiration from his his work and I just I really respect who he is as a person and and the um and his ability to just you know make us like connect us all is just I don't know I think it's I think it's really fantastic and I've been following him and I'm, I'm seeing him live for a number of years and so. When he, um, <laughs> I can't believe this is going to be on the podcast. When he followed me, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, 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 it's okay. I started like <laughs> running around the apartment. Like I was just really, really excited. I started like jumping on furniture and like stamping my feet like a little girl. Um, you I had just, met him several times. I had, with yeah. Your dad. Yeah. I saw at least three photos of you guys with him. Yes. Yeah. And we had just gone to his show in Toronto and I had. But still being followed. That's huge. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was, I was blown away by that because I mean. You know who? Who am I? <laughs> but anyway, so well, I was he just, was probably like, I know this girl. I've met her three times with her dad. <laughs> they were very nice. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I mean, we we have given him lots of uh, lots of little gifts and and shouted him out a bunch of times. Oh, so there maybe, you go. Maybe he just thought, just like, oh, get off my back, like fine, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I I threw myself onto a, a piece of furniture and and the cat did not like that and and started and and bit me. And so I went to the doctors and and he and his ninety three year old wisdom kind of looked at the wound and he said. Oh dear! And I think that was the equivalent of like, "Holy shit!" This ain't good. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say, "Gary Goldman followed you, didn't he?" <laughs> That's what I could tell as soon as oh I saw. Oh my god! This sassy like <laughs> ninety-three-year-old doctor just like, "Girl, <laughs> I know what that means." <laughs> yeah, you got what was coming. <laughs> you deserve that. <laughs> Do you know Gary Goldman? Kind of chill. Um, well, he came onto my radar years ago cause he was doing these Twitter posts all about like the rules, not rules, but like tips for like stand up comedy. And mm -hmm. every day there would be another one. I, I don't know how many days he did. It was hundreds. He did a lot. I, I liked every single one. Oh yeah. They were great. I love them. Great. Good advice. So, so you're saying Gary Coleman? No, Goleman. G-U-L. Like oh like all I could hear through that was why is she... So obsessed with Gary Coleman, you know, he's like dead. Is, is he dead? <laughs> yes, he's been dead for like five years. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know he had died. I'm sorry. Either. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Gary Coleman. Oh, God bless uh, Gary Coleman. Yeah, yeah poor guy had a rough life. Yeah, but still, no, we Goleman like Seagull. Goldman, yeah, um, and I saw his special, The Great Depression, and that was yep. very, very cool. And like I said, very vulnerable, which is what I really liked about him. He's very open about mental health stuff mm -hmm. and, and very funny at the same time, of course. Yeah. 
And uh, he, like his early stuff is is what really made me a fan. Like he can talk for thirty minutes about about cookies and like the vanilla <laughs> wafer, and it's just yeah, he's a pretty clean comic most of the time. Uh, yeah, right? a lot of the time because he's just too smart. <laughs> yeah, or well, he doesn't need the. There's the vulgarity, just so many so many things you, you that like what I was saying. Like there's just so many things that you could be talking about. He really pushes like the limits of, of what you can talk about as a stand-up comic. And I, to me, it's just like, oh, it influences most, most facets of, of the work that, that I do every time. Like it's WWGG do. Oh, you're nice. <laughs> Gary Coleman do. Um, yeah. W- I love his hair also. I love his. He's really tall too. Tousled hair. Yeah. He's very tall. He's got tousled hair. He's, he's an easy, he's an easy guy to look at. I'm not going to, I'm going to lie on this on this sacred podcast i i enjoy the oh, looks of gary Coleman. please never watch this gary i'll die <laughs> i'm gonna send it to him i'll die I'll tag him in it oh my god uh with that i have one fun random one that's very short but if you were to join the spice girls what would your like spice name be oh the thing that came to my name first was like groovy spice that's a cool one because i i played with groovy girls a lot as a kid what's that um, it, they're like, uh, <laughs> I describe them as like hippie brats. <laughs> like okay. they, they came with a lot of like kind of psychedelic outfits, like a lot of fringe. Um, everything was like big, like flower power energy. And they were like soft dolls. Like they were like cloth dolls with like yarn hair. Um, instead of like the, like the brats and the Barbies who were like plastic with like this synthetic hair, like they were yeah, very yeah. natural. Classic to toy. Yeah. And, um, and they were very like, they're really nice and, and diverse. And they are, had a lot of, like, a lot of clothing and they had, um, body that were you know nothing to that would make you self-conscious about your own body they were just like yeah. a nice cloth doll and i loved them so much Oof, and so i i really that. loved like the the 70s the 80s aesthetics and especially with with my hair and my style i think uh, i think groovy spice would be i would just wear platform shoes and bell bottoms all the time which is like part of the spice uniform yeah it was pretty much what they wore yeah 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 Okay, well, the last question is what we ask everyone this season, which is, um, what is the shittiest job you've ever had? The shittiest job I've ever had was at was in Toronto, and it was I was working at a um, a bagel store, and um, or it was just like a bakery slash restaurant kind of thing. And I remember I was I was employed for for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I just I kept I kept cutting my hands open, slicing the the bagels. <laughs> I'm going to turn into Ernest People complain again. about blood on their bagels. I kept cutting my hand open with the razors and my apples, and I was trying to cut the bagels, and then I wouldn't realize that I had cut my hand because the knives were so sharp, and then I'd put my hand into, like, this little um, uh, bowl of, like, pickles and, and capers and vinegary oh. things, and the sting was, like, so... I was Brutal. like, ow! Ow! So, they, uh, that job made me say, ow, a lot. So, wait, so quit that, or fired? I quit. Okay. Yeah. They I mean, weren't like, I, hey, I, there's blood in the pickle stuff. <laughs> no, and also I felt bad. I was like, I got to get out of here before I think find all my blood in the pickles. <laughs> oh, my God. Every, blood in every the week. That's another band name right there. In the pickles. Every week they do like a like a DNA test on the pickles. Like, all right, let's see who's not <laughs> being sanitary in the pickles. But yeah, I felt really bad. I came up with this uh, excuse about like my bike being broken and not having a way here and not being able to like afford After like bus days. fare. Yeah, it was like it was a shitty excuse. Like I, I well, how does that pan out? Like, out, that like post that day when they're like, okay, we'll see you on Saturday. Then you're like, yeah. no, no, my bike's still gonna be broken. Yeah, I remember and they I, were putting me on payroll as I was quitting, oh, like, which no. is a very long process, and I just had to be like, I'm so sorry. 
you oh, know. Oh yeah, they're doing all the paperwork. Yeah, your mother's maiden really, name. Yeah, fast paced environment. I just couldn't couldn't do it. Yes, I'm at a really uh, nice. I'm at a really nice kind of desk job right now, and I I really enjoy it. No Especially just I've I've got uh, I've got my manager. I love. We're like best pals. It really is the people that you work with. And now, if you're cutting bagels, it's for you. Yeah, in the exactly. Break room. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> bagels right are my own. I know. Imagine I, I developed an unhealthy relationship to bagels. I couldn't cope. I love bagels. They're pretty great. I love bagels. We could totally segue into the Philly cream cheese thing, but I let's let's wrap. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> but they, people should check out that audition you did as well. Yeah, my hodgepodge of uh, of YouTube projects. Um, yeah, it's very funny stuff. You might something find something that you like. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming. We high five at the end. Oh, very nice. Boom. This is a blast. Thank you so much. Yes, this was totally way overdue. And so. thank you for your questions as well, Brian. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for watching. <laughs>